Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. Thanks for the count in, Shell. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and joined by my lovely and talented wife, uh, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, rainy day. We're uh, quor- day. quarantined. How, yeah. how, how's the stuff quarantining going for you? Um, so far, so good. We got plenty of rations. <laughs> and a meat. We got a freezer full of meat. We may not have any vegetables to go with it. We're going to be all right. So we're recording this podcast on Monday. Yeah. Um, things got a little crazy on Friday. The whole world got a little crazy on Friday. Yeah, it sure did. Um, markets, everything. <laughs> but we are taking, we're still going to do the podcast. We're just going to do it a day later. Yeah. So this, um, Last week was busy. You didn't. You didn't finish edit, editing the video. We, we were trying to. We get, were traveling. Uh, yeah, we, and um, so last week I did kind of a St. Patrick's Day recipe on my take on a flat what iron is steak. St. Patrick's Day Tuesday. It's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow seventeenth. Right. Yeah. It's my buddy Ben Pickle's birthday. Shout out, Mister Pickle. <laughs> he's gonna be. He's, he's, he's he'll be officially forty five. So he's older than me now. He'll be older than me tomorrow. For a couple months. For a couple months, and I'll catch him. But, um, so we're going to talk about St. Patrick's Day recipe, right? Yeah. The flat iron steak. And I chose the flat iron because it's just a good, to me, it's a, it's a good steak to cook through the week. If you want to feed the family, I mean, it goes great with the steak and salad. You can pair some vegetables with it. You can serve it over rice. You can do all kinds of things with a flat iron. And a flat iron is, is, a it's similar to a sirloin steak. It's real lean comes from the chuck area it's just a a, you know they hadn't been around a long time calling them flat iron steaks but for several years i've been picking them up at kroger and they usually run them them? they usually run them like normally they're about 8.99 a pound like if you just go buy it on not on sale but they run them it seems like every two weeks 5.99 a pound so i'll just go in there and pick up some they come cry in their own package so what are you talking 15 bucks yeah 11 bucks usually usually i buy them i want them to be two pounds i like the you know a bigger one because if i'm gonna feed me and michael it's got you know two pounds it's about right yeah they do have some smaller ones that you can that you can buy but um a lot of times they're a little too thin on the edges and you know just i, I look for one that's flat yeah pretty much do flat a family and same of three family of four with easy a, yeah, yeah with a two pound flat iron because you don't lose much there's not a lot of uh um reduction weight you know from cooking or whatever shrinkage or whatever you're gonna call it there's no you know you don't, you don't you don't have any waste because there's not much fat to render out in them this one like blew up yeah it's swelled up yeah. and they do that a lot when you put them on high heat beef tends to do that like we do it with our briskets and comps you stick them on some high heat first. If you got a thin brisket, it'll swell it up some, yeah. and then it's kind of cheated a little bit. <laughs> but uh, it worked, uh, the flat iron does it too. You throw it on the grill. So for this recipe, um, I was going with kind of a St. Patrick's Day flair. I made uh, a, a marinade for the steak first because it's kind of neutral tasting beef. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not. It can take on a lot of different flavors, but so a marinade works great on and a flat can, iron. You seem to be able to marinate them pretty quickly, so you can come yeah. from work, throw them in a marinade. Or you could soak it all day if you wanted to. Yeah. It's not going to hurt it. I mean, I wouldn't leave it like, you don't need to go 12 plus hours. It's not Maybe it's in start the morning. Down. Yeah, but throw you could. Throw it in in the morning. It wouldn't hurt to throw that in the morning before you go to work, come back home, take it out, throw it on the grill. That'd be fine. I've done that before. Um, for this marinade, I used a bottle of Guinness Stout Beer, dark beer, going with that Irish, you know, staying with the Irish. And then I added some Worcestershire and some soy sauce. 
and just a little bit of AP season. You could use whatever seasoning you wanted in there. It's just salt, pepper, and garlic, you know, yeah. it's pretty much. That went in. Uh, I just put it all in a pint glass just because it was <laughs> yeah, going. It was going with St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah it looked like it looked like a glass of Guinness, but it had. <laughs> so it was one twelve ounce bottle with two ounces of Worcestershire, two ounces of soy, and a little seasoning. So that gave it, uh, you know, the filled the pint glass. Uh, it filled it perfectly. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, the Guinness works real well. It, it, does. it lends itself real well to marinades and sauces. I think it stuff. does too. The darkness, the richness yeah. of the, the beer. It's um, you know, it's. More so uh, than other beers. You don't you don't pick up any of the alcohol flavor from it. I mean, it doesn't have you know it's not it's not a strong alcohol flavor. Yeah, I didn't. You wouldn't it. know it if if anything. You might think it was something like coffee marinade or something yeah. like that because it picks up those, um, you know, those richer, deeper notes, kind of a roasty notes to it. Yeah, it didn't taste have a beer flavor to it at no, all in no. the sauce or in the steak. Well, you know, we marinated in it, but we cook it out, so it's not yeah. like the alcohol's there. But uh, put the flat iron. Lightly trimmed it, you know. It's sometimes With they'll have. It. Well, sometimes they'll have some of that silver skin, senior, you know, a uh, little bit of excess fat or something that you don't want to eat. It's not edible. Um, I just take that off, and I don't get real crazy with it. Uh, the one great thing about a flat iron is typically they don't have any kind of uh, a gristle or anything that runs down through them. It's just lean meat the way they they cut it off. So you might have a little silver skin. That's yeah, but it might have a little silver skin. Yeah. So um, it goes in a ziploc bag. You can put it in a little shallow. Con- Container, whatever you wanted there. Um, I just use a Ziploc bag, pour the marinade over in it, squeeze the air out, and then let it rest. Um, if you're going to cook it within an hour, I found it best just to let it set out at room temp. Let that meat come up because it's cold. It's been in the fridge. Yeah. Let it come up a little bit. But if it's going to be several hours, set it back in the refrigerator and then bring it out and let it come up to room temp. Um, to cook it, man, you could use any kind of grill you want. Um, it, it does great for this direct... Is- Direct, direct grilling, yeah. So you could cook it on a It's a steak. Grill. Yeah, you could reverse yeah. sear it, you know, bring it up slow, 20 minutes, and then throw it over there and sear it. But I found, man, screaming hot and fast, about 10, uh, 10 minutes total cook time, puts it right where I want it, just yeah. over rare, you know, right in between rare and medium rare. And the great thing about the flat irons is, it's going to be a little more done on the edges. So Michael yeah, <laughs> will got, eat the edges and, I, that's and true. I eat the center, you know. That's why I like doing that when family stuff. It's way, it's way too much steak. You couldn't eat a whole flat iron by yeah. yourself. But when you uh, cook it, get your grill marks on it, slice it, let it rest, and then slice it real thin, man, those slices just melt in your mouth. They and do. like from the thin, the thin end on both edges, you know, both ends is a little more done. Mm-hmm. But as you get, you know, quarter of the way in to all the way down to the back quarter it's all perfect medium rare yeah. i mean it's you can even find some rare pieces in the very right center, center yeah so it's it's really good for that you can a lot a like lot a tri tip yeah. lot like a tri tip you could treat it you know just like you treat a tri tip too it's a little bit smaller mostly than a tri you know tri tips usually about 3 pounds yeah but um the flat iron don't overlook that cut yeah it's <clears throat> very tender. Super tender. Yeah. Because it's so easy. The grain runs lo- down with it. There's no messing it up, cutting it across into strips. You don't have to guess where the grain is. Yeah. It's just a straight cut all the way down. So you're talking, um, I don't know how many slices you it made. Of, what did it make? Probably about 20, 20 plus slices. Or easily. Maybe you more. You kind of put it at a bias a little. You maybe. can cheat it. You can yeah. cheat it a little to get a little height on your slices mm-hmm. if you want to make them. And usually I do that for the thin. As I start on the edge, I'll kind of skew my knife a little bit, put it at an angle, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll slice those first few down until I get into the taller, you know, where, it, where it's blowed up the a little center. bit. Then I'll start straightening that knife up and then go down it. And, and as I get back to the back, yeah, yeah, and all the slices, you get about the same meat in yeah. every slice. So I, that's 
I even we do that in cop to cop biscuit too. If it's a uh, you know thin on us, you can kind of skew that knife. That's a good little trick to uh, get you some taller slices. Yeah. And all you're doing is angling your cut. You know, you're still cutting across the grain. You're just angling the knife a little bit. Do you does it? Do you think it affects the tenderness at all? Um, going straight up and down or angling? It don't change it that much as long as you stay across, across that grain. grain. Yeah, but it, but. The whole trick to this steak is it's not really a trick. Just don't overcook it. If you cook that, if you overcook it, man, it's going to be like shoe leather. So that's just the way a, a lesser like, cut. Well, I call a lesser cut a cheaper cut. Yeah, is naturally. What if you don't like medium rare? What if you want to take it to a more medium? You could buy okay? with medium. You could get by with medium on that steak. But if you go to medium well, anything past medium, it's, what would you it's say? Anything dry past one thirty, pulling it off at one thirty. Yeah, well, I, would, I wouldn't go past one thirty five. Yeah. Okay. That would be that way. It'll put you about you're gonna be about as far as you'd want to go. I imagine there. if you took that steak to one thirty five and turn, you know, right in the center, let it rest. You would. The outside have, edges are gonna be overdone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's tough you at that have hardly point. Hardly any yeah. pink. But I mean, you know, head. if you marinate it, it's gonna make it a little more tender. If you was to jacquard it, you could get it a little more tender. There's ways that you could, you know, take that cheaper cut of steak and, and still t- and cook still it, cook it to where you yeah. yeah, still overcook it. I'm just telling you, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to eat it overcooked. Each to his own. Each to his own, man. If you want to cook it that way, go ahead and burn it up. But um, Maybe that's how you like your steaks. <laughs> I know several people that to, want it yeah, crispy. To me, if you cook a, a strip steak that well done, it's tough and not good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I just, I don't want mine. Yeah, if it's past medium. past medium. Yeah, it's like, not good. I'm not interested. You cooked all the flavor yeah. out of it. You're just eating no dry meat at that point. You know, it was real windy that day. Super windy. That's when we had to kind of move the grill over to the side a little bit. Yeah. So we had problems get, getting the fire going with the wind. How well, do you combat that? You just kind of block it the best you can. What I mean, if you can't block it? What if you're out at the tailgate? You're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know if you had any yeah, uh-uh. If it's too windy, if you, can't, but if you can't get out of the wind, I mean, you just got to cook in the wind. Yeah. Fight it. I mean, that, people do that all the time. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you got, yeah, that's exactly. You can put some more coals in it, build you a bigger fire, but by that time you're going to waste more charcoal and then it's going to get out of hand on you. Yeah, once it so, catches. Yeah, once it go. catches and gets super hot. So they're, um, I mean, on a Weber, you're not going to have that much problem with it. We didn't, it wouldn't, it didn't phase the way I cooked for mine. No, just, we just had to move it out. As I soon just, as we yeah. moved it into the, where the wind was kind of. Shielded, yeah. it's, it's fine, yeah. But when you get, you know, you get 20 mile an hour winds blowing, <laughs> it's tough to grill. It can be. There was a shot. Uh, I'm going to put together like. That's why I wear the little, what do you call it? The dead squirrel thing yeah. on, my, on my microphone. It's not called a dead squirrel, but it looks like Dead it. cat. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, it blocks the wind and the sound's so you know, much better. You don't hear the wind in those yeah. videos where I use it. Yeah, it's. It, I it's guess amazing. it absorbs it. Yeah, it's amazing how much it would. Um, it, it it's works. like I got some of my beastly man fur coming out of my shirt. <laughs> That's okay. That just adds to the that adds appeal. To it, yeah. Put your butt in the shirt. <laughs> Dutch Mantel look going on. No, there was uh, from this uh, recipe and the one where we did the uh, jerk chop. Yeah, there was two scenes. Like it was windy on both those days, and like when you poured the charcoal out and I had the camera there, it all came right up on, on me. On you. Yeah, it's a live action shot. Yeah. So with to keep in that Irish flavor on this recipe, I made a Guinness sauce yeah. too to go with it. Where'd you come and up with that idea? It was I do in my brisket wraps for comps. I do what I call a mushroom red wine reduction, and I so I cook some you know, shallots and garlics and mushrooms and 
put some Worcestershire and soy down in there and a little balsamic vinegar and reduce it down. Then I add some red wine and reduce it down. I make this really, you know, it's almost like a, a burgundy steak sauce yeah. that you know that you That's get at these fancy steakhouses. It. It's, it's got these intense flavors of the wine and the garlic and the shallot and the mushrooms. And it's absolutely delicious yeah. over a steak. Well, I kind of took the wine out and replaced it with Guinness and cooked that down and then thickened it up a little bit. So it had a little more consistency with the cornstarch slurry. And that was the first time I ever made that sauce. I just said, St. Patrick's so you Day. Took the exact same recipe, pretty much, and just yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really have a recipe. Like I wrote the recipe out for it, but I just kind of add and you know, cut me up some shallot, cut me up, yeah, you know, pack yeah. of garlic, pack of mushrooms, and then I'll add the liquid where I think it looks right, reduce it down, in the wine or whatever. I don't really, have, I don't have a recipe per se. That's just how I make the sauce. Yeah. And so I said, well, I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna substitute out some Irish beer and make me an Irish steak sauce. And it's really what it was. It was kind of a Guinness steak sauce. Yes. And it was fantastic. It was. I'm talking about you. Talking about flavor. You got to try that one if you if you hadn't uh, if you like making a steak sauce or it's really good. It would go great over any kind of steak. You wouldn't have to do it just for St. Patrick's Day. It was very good. Very I might good. like it better than the red wine. And if you don't want the alcohol, I like concentrating the flavors. The flavors in the Guinness gave it so much when you reduced mm-hmm. them down. You pulled all that essence of it out. But you could just use it some beef broth like and make it like a beefy. It would almost be like a mushroom gravy reduction or something at that point yeah. if you did that but you still got the Worcestershire and the balsamic and all that to give you some of the acidic notes to it and those different flavors so it would be really good did with you, that when you tasted it you know after yeah you'd cooked it and served it with the steak did you get the guinness flavor a beer flavor no not I at all either. no it was just a um a dark you know richness yeah. it was kind of a lot of a lot of flavors going on but there's no way you would have known it was like guinness beer it doesn't taste like Mm-mm. beer at all a lot of people don't like Guinness. It's str- I mean, it's a stronger, I'm, I'm not stronger, about it. but it's not the. I don't think it's the alcohol that people don't like the the flavor of that. It's the filling. it's the rich. It's yeah. really filling. It has a lot of complex flavors in a stout beer like that. If I'm gonna drink a Guinness. I'd rather just you know have a wine or something else, like a red wine. or yeah. something. yeah. I I personally love it. Yeah, I drink them. I like them car bomb style. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a black and tan, whatever you want to do. I like Guinness. You just can't drink a ton of it. I mean, you know, 12, you're good. 12 <laughs> so pints. You got to push back. That's <laughs> so you got to push back. You make 13 pints is a no-go. 12 pints is plenty. How long do you like let the steak rest? Um, I'd let it rest about 7 and 10 minutes, something yeah. like that. Because I mean, if I was going to cook it at home for dinner, I'd probably let it rest 5 to 7 minutes. If you got somebody taking thousands of pictures, it's going <laughs> to end up resting a lot longer. I don't know. <laughs> rest a lot longer. But the thing about that is you don't lose the juice out of it. Yeah. So it stays moist on you the didn't inside. Lose any juice. Heck no, I mean it was and all that was We ate that steak, like we ate some of it when we got through and then we put it all in the refrigerator and there may be still just a couple pieces left, but I kinda snacked on it when I walked yeah. by, you know. I was like buy steak. <laughs> it was good. Um then I served it with potatoes. That's what I was How'd you cook them potatoes? They I call them roasted potatoes because we do these Weekly, when I probably. posted the recipe, I kept calling them changing the roasted to smoke. smoked. Smoked. <laughs> I mean, they're not really smoked at 400 degrees. They're just cooked on a grill. I guess. I'm yeah. roasted them on a Memphis wood fire pellet grill. You could do them on any grill, but you need the heat. If you're not running it, you know, pellet I ran it at 400. I ran it at 400. It works perfect. So, um, just took these little uh, baby Yukon gold potatoes, rinsed them, wiped them off with a paper towel, just to make sure there's no dirt on them. 
uh, olive oil, and then kosher, coarse kosher salt, and then throw them on the grill. It took probably about 30 minutes, and I was checking, you know, check on poke yeah. them. We want them to be kind of fork tender. And it's really going to depend on the size of potatoes yeah. you're using. We do them in the oven all the time. Yeah. We'll do them in an iron skillet, on a baking sheet. That was where that recipe came from because we, we cook them all the mm-hmm. time. It just goes. We great. do different toppings. Yeah, and toss them in different things. Different, at the end, and but. so I took. So that was that was the next thing I took. So I melted some butter, and then I mixed in some parsley and a little other seasonings. I put you in used AP, a, little AP, just, AP. But you could. That's where you could put whatever you wanted. Yeah. If you wanted to make them um, a little spicy, you could throw in you know some ancho chili peppers. Or oh yeah. Something like that. You kick take it them that up. way. It'd kind of be a Western flavor on. You could. Put some other fresh herbs you in put there. Like uh, yeah, cheese. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, par- parm or something like yeah. that would be great mixing the butter. You can. They. Um, what gave us this idea of doing these little potatoes like this? We found these little packs at the grocery store, and it's like um, a little tray of potatoes. It's you cook them in the microwave. Like a microwave meal. Yeah, but it's just a yeah. little thing of potatoes. It's got a film on the top. It's a little plastic dish with a film on the top. And you stick them in the microwave, yeah. and then you mix up a little butter with a seasoning packet. And I was like, heck, we're buying that, man. We can buy the little potatoes, mix our own flavors Make up, and put it in the oven instead of the microwave. And, it, ro- you know, they kind of get roasty. I like the outside better. Mm-hmm. It cooks it out. But they were great on the pellet grill. I mean, I thought they were turned out fantastic. They were. They are really good. Yeah. And a bite of the potato with the sauce. And the steak, mm-hmm. too. Oh, man. And you could... So if you wanted to do this recipe with any other cut of steak, it'll absolutely work. You had talked about doing it with a ribeye first. Yeah. I just thought St. Patrick's Day, you know, you might be family. feeding more people. Yeah. It's better for this family style. Yeah, yeah. But you could, man, with a sirloin, with a strip, with a ribeye, with a filet, that sauce and the potatoes would work with anything. And yeah. pair, you know, pair it with some other vegetables too, and you've cooked it all outside. You could throw some asparagus on there and had potatoes, asparagus, and steak and not even fire up the oven inside. It's like one of my favorite meals right there. Yeah. Steak, potatoes, asparagus. It is. Mushroom that's, sauce. That's, that's my steak dinner. I would throw a salad in there. Yeah. Just to pretend. And some bread and some butter. <laughs> <laughs> Shrimp cocktail. You got to. <laughs> you got to take Three or four course meal. You throw dessert yeah. too, man. He doesn't impress Cheese somebody. Cake. Yeah. Right. But anything, that was the recipe. Anything you do different? Uh, No, it was, it was great. I mean, that's, I know I say that all the time. You ask me anything I do different. It was good. Yeah. It was very good. But that, that was an easy one, man. I mean, you cook fried irons on all the, the time. Rig, so that part was easy, but the, and I knew it was going to, you know, I, I wasn't really, impre- I wouldn't say impressed, but I wasn't surprised by how good it turned out. But the sauce, I was really like, yeah, that was what this was so is different. better than it is normally. Yeah. I thought I liked it better with the Guinness than I did the red wine. Really? Yeah. So, you know what? That, that got me thinking. I may switch that to my brisket and just not thicken it up. Mm-hmm. Not add the slurry to where it's so saucy. It's yeah. more, it's loose and use that in my brisket wrap. When you, you I, know, I used to put Guinness it. in my brisket. We would, when, really? we, when we first started cooking them, I'd just pour some Guinness in there with it. Or in the it wrap. Would, yeah. Or it would broth. go in the, there's an old, uh, there's an old brisket, like they call it a brisket marinade recipe, but everybody uses it as kind of a wrap, a wrap thing. But oh liquid. yeah, yeah. And it had dark beer in it. Yeah. It had Guinness in it. Um, it had a lot, a lot of different things. And it had like a can of beef consomme. Yes, and, I think um, um, Warren County Pork Choppers is the one that shared that recipe with us. Maybe there or Travis Clark, one of the two. Yeah, but it's it's been around a long time. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's got some different 
things in it. It's got some oil in it. I do feel it doesn't like have the butter, to... but I like I like the idea of the butter with the, in the sauce, and it just it gives it so such a richness. Yeah, it kind of smooths it out. Mm-hmm. I do want to say when you do this recipe and use it for a wrap with brisket, you always strain the mushrooms off. Yes. So yeah, yeah I don't pour that. That is a good tip because I don't. You know, you don't want all the the shallot and the garlic and the mushroom and all that. You just want the essence of it. Yeah. So what I do for that is I get me a wire strainer. And then whenever that sauce is still hot, I'll just pour it over a bowl and catch it in that and make sure everything's out of it. Then I've got this, you know, smooth wrapping brisket liquid. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah, got a ton it's of flavor. Liquid. And you only need probably about eight ounces of it for a brisket. You, you know, that recipe would be perfect for, for one. Because what that make? That made about a pint jar almost. It was like three quarters of a pint jar, wasn't it? I'd say so. so. I'd say it's 12 ounces. Yeah. That, that would be perfect for one brisket. Yeah. Pour it in there. I'd say I'd probably... What I do to comp, sometimes I'll save some of that and then put my burn-ins in there with some of the drippings and a little barbecue sauce and make me a little burn-in flavored sauce too, and it goes good with those burn-ins. Heck yeah. It's really, really good. When we're prepping for contests, he usually makes the sauce on Thursday night and he strains the mushrooms, and that's that's been dinner for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good with steak too, isn't it? Just eat a couple mushrooms, mushrooms. while we're prepping yeah, for the contest. Yeah. It's going to be, well, I say it's going to be, we're supposed to have a contest next weekend. Well, the 20, 27th, 28th, I don't know if they're getting con- everything's getting canceled. We'll see. Um, will. So before we got quarantined, quarantined, quarantined. Uh, we went to the butcher shop in Pensacola last weekend. That we did, and that was first week. That was the first weekend of spring break for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin and Jordan, it was kind of like an open house, wouldn't you say? That's a good way to That's, put it. They had a butcher shop open house, and. Those guys, I know you've heard us talk about them before, but they have one of the best butcher shops going as far, as far as what you can buy at the store. I was so impressed with, but they ship too. And so I got to know them from uh, buying competition meat from them. Yeah, they started getting a really good reputation in the competition world. Yeah, for handpicking their A9 briskets. Mm-hmm. Those, uh, they're, it's a New Zealand uh, it's a New Zealand or Australian brisket. Anyway, it's Australian. It Maybe Australian. I don't know. I don't know where they grow those cows, but I know they're amazing. It might be New Zealand. And so that's... <laughs> That's what I started cooking in comps because I really liked the quality of them. The flats were super thick. The points, you know, they're already trimmed a little bit, so it's a little easier to to break them down and to cut your point out for your burn ends. And they were just they make a great contest brisket. Heck yeah, and they cook out so well. They do. You can't hardly mess them up. Yeah. And so, but he but he sells all kinds of other stuff. So when I got to order briskets from him, I was mentioning stuff on the you know the, the YouTube video, and he's like, "Man, anytime you know you want some." Anything you think of to cook, let me know because I can source anything. He don't just do like briskets and comp stuff yeah. or like a local, regular butcher. He can get anything. And so we went down there and for this open house, uh, cooked up a bunch of briskets. We didn't cook the brisket. Mr. Ivan did. Yeah. He's a local guy down in, in Pensacola. Yeah, he um he actually is the one that um, handles the big Pensacola contest. Yeah, cook it on the square. Of, yeah. Fortunately, it got canceled too. Did it? Yeah. I, I mean, they're canceling them all. But so he 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 volunteered. He, he's got a good relationship with Kevin and them, and that Kevin works with them on contests and stuff like that. So he had a big cooker. He had a big Meadow Creek, uh, like pull behind rig, and he even had a chicken cooker there too, like the one you put the chicken in and flip it and all that stuff. But uh, he cooked 20, 20 of these A nine briskets, and he cooked them overnight and brought them up there the next morning. A lot of brisket. A ton of brisket. <laughs> ton of brisket and then we also did about i don't know 40 or 50 tri tips that that morning and then we did some ribeye steaks too and all this was 
I kind of did some demos. You know, I, I, we set up a table up front and I talked about the brisket, how we, how I season them. And this is like cooking at home. This is for the backyard guy. There was, I don't know how many people come through that store. There's several hundred. Yeah. But we would just, I you would, did a quick I would, demo. yeah, I did a quick demo. And then 30 minutes later, I'd do another one and yeah. then just kind of, you know, go through my steps of how I could cook a brisket at home. And the whole time, people could shop at Kevin's store and go through, you know, and we had whatever samples, they wanted. Yeah, yeah. We're we gave out, out. And so at the end of each demo, I cut up a brisket, and then y'all were in the back cutting them up too. And we were just passing out samples of, of brisket. And then I d- went through one with a tri-tip, showed people how to cook the tri-tip. We sliced it up, passed it out. I have to say that brisket was money. It was so tender. It was very, very good. It oh. was a good start. It was the perfect brisket to serve. Oh, yeah. For, I mean – that's how you people. want. That's how people want to eat brisket. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like contest quality, you know, all trimmed up, pretty, and all that. Yeah, it had some fat on it. Yeah, it, you know, it was. It had the wide, the big wide pieces because it wouldn't cut down for box. Yes, and, and exactly. you know, parts of it, you know, they were probably a little more overcooked for a competition, but for eating, man, it would melt in your mouth. It would, and that was what I could stress to people that you can't really mess these up. Yeah, you, know, you get some simple <laughs> seasons on them. Get some smoke on them. Let them get their color. Get the bark you want. Wrap them up. Run them up to over 200 degrees and then throw them in a a dry cooler. And you're going to have some of the finest eating beef you've ever ate, you know, off a smoker. Um, We also had uh, Brian Wesson from Son of a Butcher Barbecue. He come over and and ran the old hickory pit. He cooked all the tri-tips. We did. While we were getting, you know, doing the brisket and stuff, getting that done, we had an old hickory CTO fired up. And that's what Brian started out the tri-tips on. We reverse seared them. Then we had a Weber grill. And he had another buddy bring another Weber grill. So he was running two back there. And we would we, we brought them all up for about, I don't know, it was 25 minutes or so on the old hickory at about 225 just to get, them up, get the internal up to about 110, 115, something like that, and then throw them in a cambro. And then as needed, they kept the grill hot. And you could just sear them off a couple of minutes, you know, twist them a couple of minutes, just like cooking a steak, just get that grill surface, not with the lid on, with the lid off. So you're really just cooking the outside. And then we'd bring them in and slice them up and pass those out. And they were, I mean, talk about nailing a tri-tip. The reverse sear on a tri-tip, it's probably the easiest way because you're, especially if you take it off and hold it once you get it up to about 110 or 115, because yeah. you give it that time to calm down. And it settles back. You know, it's going to carry over a little bit, but not much at that point. And then it's going to be, you know, right around 110, probably when you throw it back on there and sear it. And then you, you're not going to screw it up. It's not going to be under, over, anything. It's going to be perfect. It was, Brian did a good job with that. Yeah, they were good. To cook, I mean, he cooked, what, 40, yeah. 50 tries? <laughs> He's a, he, he quit counting. <laughs> he had it loaded up. But I don't know how many uh, how many ribeyes did they do. I wasn't back there. I was up front talking. You know, and doing it the wasn't demos. a bunch of ribeyes. I think it was four or five. And you did a demo with one. Yeah. So it wasn't it up, a, yeah. a, just a ton of ribeyes. I mean, we had so much other meat. Yeah. But we put some, I don't know if anybody saw on Instagram that day that story, but we kind of did a pass-by video of, of the big meat counter where he's got. I'm going to post that. One side was kind today. of uh, all the. The Wagyu meat, and he had it from ground every cut you could think of. He they had there, and then the other, and, but they had it set up to where there's prime, there's choice. You get whatever you wanted there, and it was all reasonable. I was surprised at how cheap he sells that Wagyu ground. I mean, he's grinding. So what he's doing, he's you know he hand selects these briskets for comp guys, and anything that and he trims them for people in the store because people aren't some people aren't comfortable breaking down whole briskets. So you can buy the flat, you can mm-hmm. buy the point. 
Which is hard uh, to find. Which is real hard to find. And then the rest of the trim, he grinds and, and they make fresh ground. But And it sells for like, what do you say, eight bucks a pound or something. I mean, I was like, man, that is dirt cheap for what you get. You know, he even had like Chuck Those burgers Bros, gotta the, be so good. He yeah. sent me home with some Denver steaks and we'll talk about those. So let's talk about the Denver okay. steak. Um, so the way he described, I'd heard of Denver steak, but I've never tasted one, never cooked one. I've never seen one. Don't know where they, I didn't know where they come from. Yeah. So Kevin said, told me that they come from the chuck rib area. Basically, they take the meat off the top of those chuck rib bones. And Where's it's like a slab rib? up at the shoulder area. Okay. The first first few ribs. Okay. Gotcha. So, so you with me up front, yep. front part of the yep. cow. And um, so they slice it off the bones and it comes off as a big piece of meat. Then they clean it up. And then they cut it into strips, so it looks like kind of like strip steak, but it's got all that marbling running all the way through it. And did you get a picture of the? I, I kind of did some yeah. the other night when I cooked some for the store. It's probably gone now, but I wish we'd have had a good picture of those. How marbled they were! I have a picture of you holding it up. Okay, well they were they were incredible. So I they did, were ridiculous looking marbled. Yeah, up. it was like <laughs> I was, I was like. It was I was amazed. Yeah. I mean, it looked like one of those pictures of the that Japanese yeah. wagyu that you see yeah. with all the marbling through it. And I was like, man, I don't know. This has got so much fat. Is you know what's it going to be like? It melted in your mouth. It was good. I mean, it was. And the way I did those, man, I did them. I, I soaked them in a little bit of Worcestershire and just like a quick. I didn't really soak them. I just kind of dabbed it on there, I seasoned them with some John steak in. rub. I, I didn't have enough of his to, okay. to do that with, so I just kind of put some Worcestershire and dabbed it on them and wetted them up and then seasoned them with just regular steak rub and let them sit a little while. And I got my Weber probably as hot as I could get it. I put two chimneys of charcoal in there, Dang. and I had a fire going. My my thinking was I had the oven going inside. I did some more potatoes. just for This was dinner now, and I had me a pan of uh, onions and mushrooms and green bell peppers kind of. Almost fajita style, but I just seasoned them with AP. I wasn't going for like Mexican seasons. Tossed them in some olive oil. So we was going to have those Denver steaks with the peppers and onions and mushrooms and the potatoes. And so with those steaks, they had, you know, I didn't want them to cook too long. I wanted to keep them as rare as possible. So what I did, and they kind of have four sides because they cut like a strip, but they're thick. Yeah. So you're talking, you know, almost two inches thick all the way around. And so I was going to cook them on all four sides. So that's what I did. I didn't use grill grates. I just put my regular grate on there. Got that Weber screaming hot, and I just go two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, and then take them off. And it kind of just put a char. Like, I really wasn't going for grill lines or anything. I wanted to get the outside seared. I knew I tempted them. They were about 112 to 115 on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so my potatoes come out of the oven. I said, all right, I'm going to shut this oven off and just kind of stick these steaks in there. And they, while the, the other vegetables were Did finishing you leave up. A probe in? No, I didn't you... probe nothing then. I was okay. like, I know it's going to be, I mean, it's not really cooked. Them. That oven would have been 400. And it was checking itself down. Did you leave the door so, open or close nope, the door? Close you just it turned it off. And I just set them on a, I, I had them on a sheet pan. Yeah. Put to them bring in. Them in. Yeah. yeah. Put them in there and just like that, oven off, cooling down. My other vegetables took about seven more minutes. I had a timer going on them. And when they were tender, I pulled them out and I pulled them steaks out and I, you know, kind of got the potatoes and stuff on plates. And I pulled one of them steaks, the Denver steak out and sliced it up. And I was like, oh man, this is butter. <laughs> it was like meat butter. Perfect. But it had the crispy edge. And you got that seared Charred, edge around yeah. the outside. You kind of, so you kind of got a little of the char flavor with the, you know, with that, the fattiness of the, the Wagyu beef. It was like, man, Denver steak is where it's at. See, I was, I was busy uh, trying to catch up on editing. Editing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you were 
on your own on that one. But it was good. Oh, heck the it was good. good. The house smelling, the neighborhood smelling good. I, mean, <laughs> I know folks was loving that. Um, but I will say this: when you're cooking that hot with those with that wagyu steak like that. Does it flare? Heck yeah. You get that fat <laughs> dripping. You better be working that grill because that's what I was. I had me some big long tongs and I was moving it, you know, because it was, I mean, it was, it's flaming. Yeah. Man. I mean, it, it probably would have been a better idea if I'd have had me a little two zone set up because I just filled that Weber up. Yeah. But I ended up with the steak kind of on the outside doing the edges. I got two hard sears on the two big sides and then I stood them up and then just kind of moved them out. And as I flipped them, I moved them out some more. So it just kind of progressed. It'd have been a cool. It would have been a cool one to have that the whole thing filmed because I was out there with my camera and I'm trying to get these tongs, <laughs> trying to get me something for my story, get some cool shots like Shellwood, and I made it happen. What do you think about the Denver State? I thought they were awesome. Would you do them again? Heck yeah! I just we can't get them around here. Have you? I've never seen them. Yeah, it's a fairly new thing that that um, they're trying to sell, and you're seeing it in restaurants more because it's teaching what it's doing. It's 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 taking a lesser cut and try to make it more popular. Yeah. So you got certified Angus beef doing that. Remember they showed, they showed, I think they touched on that cut a little bit. Or I heard that. I remember that lady that was breaking yeah. them down, talk about it a little bit, the Denver state, but I didn't, we didn't have any, or I didn't see any. I've always considered it more of a novelty type, you know, meat a little bit. I don't know. I mean, there's, cause I've heard about it, but never seen it. Well, there's, there's all, there's several different cuts they're pushing now. Like they've got these bavet steaks you're starting to see more or these mock tenders and these Denver steaks and all these other cuts that are mainly a lot of them coming out of that Chuck area. It's just what it's doing is taking that big, the Chuck, the shoulder, and they're breaking it down and, t- and, and butchers are getting more usage out of it instead of just grinding it into these other cuts that people just don't know about. And they kind of started that trim of that flat iron. Yeah. And these steaks have probably been around since butchers have been breaking down cows. No, they're just not mainstream, something you're going to see in the supermarket. A lot of times they're the stuff the butcher takes home. Yeah, you know, a lot of them are butcher cuts, yeah. You've got like the Trace Major. There's a lot of great steaks mm-hmm. up in there that, that people just, you don't see because people don't know what they are. And then, but so the Kevin and them, they're actually, that's the cool thing about their shop is they so, got a meat room back there so and they're breaking this stuff down. That's what I wanted to talk about, butcher shops. Yeah. That was going to be our main topic for today. That's a good one to talk about. But to wrap up the um, Denver steaks, those were Wagyu? Yeah, yeah, they're, they were Wagyu. Would they have been as good if they were just a lower cut? See, that's, I don't know. I need to I need to search out some choice grade and see what that would be like because I would think coming from that area that that meat almost needs to be broken down and braised. It would be tough, you know, know what I'm thinking? But you couldn't, I don't know what these would be like. I honestly wanted to take them Denver steaks, and I've, I talked to Mark Williams about it, and cut them into little uh, burn-in pieces, and then just sear them on the outside. So you got these rare burn-ins. Nobody's ever done rare burn-ins. You know, we're always used to taking burn-ins and, and cooking them all cooking. the way down. And it yes. would just be like little Denver nuggets. And serving it with like a sauce, maybe like that Borzen sauce. Oh, that, that would be good with, with that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really good with it. Man. Yeah. I would like that. Or even that uh, Dijon butter stuff that Mark makes would be Ooh, good yeah. to serve it Or heck, in. even that Guinness. The horseradish. Yeah, I mean, anything you can serve it in, <laughs> but you Guinness just got sauce. little Denver nuggets. I, I was going to call them. I don't know what I was going to call them, but I, just, I like Denver nuggets. I just thought <laughs> Denver nuggets. I like that <laughs> idea. I need to try that. Heck yeah. I like the idea because Maybe you get one bite of just like crust and beef and yeah, rareness. Yeah, yeah, and... exactly. So uh, let's talk about butcher shops. Let's talk about them. 
So how did you first hear about the butcher shop down in Pensacola? I guess we kind of talked about uh, that. Yeah, I mean, just through comps. Yeah, through other guys getting them. Uh, I know Heath was getting some stuff down there before I knew anybody was. So he had a relationship with them, but he was getting people, instead of shipping it to him, he knew some people that was coming back, back from that forward, area, and yeah. they were coming back and saying, man, we got this awesome butcher shop down here in Florida. You got to check it out. It's like, man. Y'all ain't got no butchers. What are you talking about? Pensacola, Florida's got a butcher shop? <laughs> seafood. Now, have you got a seafood market? I'd be yeah. all over that. You know, yeah, I believe it. But you're talking about you getting all this good beef and pork, and we're not getting that here in Memphis? Yeah. Like, come on now. Little did I know I was wrong because, I mean, he was, he's killing it. I mean, he's got, so not only does they have all that beef, they're selling uh, Compart Dura. They're selling yeah. the, uh, what's the other big one everybody's buying now? The Prairie Fresh. Yeah. Uh, he's got all. He had several kinds of other Duroc. He had There's those turkey the, breasts. Um, allegiance. I mean, his ribs. Yeah, he's those big turkey breasts that I got back for during Thanksgiving. For the so, Texas turkey breast. So yeah, and there, I mean, he's, that's what I want to see in a butcher shop. Yeah. When I go in a butcher shop, that's what I think of an old school. We got you. We know what we're doing. We're breaking this meat down. It's not just a resale shop. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a butcher shop to me. If you're just getting in something out of the package and turning around and selling it, it's already butchered up. Yeah, you just. So the meat. <laughs> and he had a lot of stuff in there that I, you know, it was really interesting to me. Like he had uh, sausage stuffed mushrooms and they oh, were man. selling a ton of sausage stuff. You mushrooms. know, I wanted to, I was like, I want to try that. I've always done mushrooms with like the tops mixed back stem with cream cheese yeah. and some breadcrumbs and all that stuff. Mushrooms. I never thought. Cream cheese. Yeah. Of, they were making different kinds of sausage out of some of the trim they had mm-hmm. and stuffing it back in those just white uh, mushroom caps is all it was. Man, it looks. I want to try. They were those. selling them so yeah. fast as they could bundle yeah. them up. Yeah, I love the idea of adding sausage to a mushroom cap. Never thought about that. Yeah, I got to do it now. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, it sounds too good. I mean, you could just take a, a fresh sausage out of a case and bust it out, or buy it in bulk where it's not cased. That's, they sell it like that at Kroger, and, and just get some mushrooms and stuff them with them. It's got to be good. Heck yeah. Um, he also had like he had burgers. He had a blue cheese and bacon burger pre-mix, and it looked... Cheddar pepper burger. Yeah. They had all different kinds of, of burger. I don't know if that was just regular ground, like Chuck, or if that was some of the Wagyu, too. I don't know. I, know. I didn't look on that close on it. They weren't... Everything was affordable. I I, that's another thing. When you think about a butcher shop, especially a specialty butcher shop that's got all this stuff, you don't think reasonable price. No, I think high price. Yeah. They really got it marked up. Yeah. And he didn't. No, it, it was the opposite. It wasn't overly priced. I yeah. didn't see anything overly priced. Even the briskets, I mean the flat, you know the flats and stuff. You picked them up in there in the store. You could get you could get one of those Wagyu flats for forty, fifty bucks. I mean, yeah, that's way cheaper than you can get it anywhere that I know of. Already trimmed. So does he ship? Heck yeah. I mean, I know he ships I mean, to us, and I know he ships no, to comp guys. I, I, I don't want to quote him wrong, but I believe he said like usually every Monday. I think they only ship on Mondays or Tuesdays. Yeah, that would to, make to sense. get it to you fresh yeah. or whatever. But it's hundreds of orders, you know. Several, you know. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, that's makes, busy. Yeah, and he's like part of. He's to me like like you said an old school but butcher. He's part of the community. He, right. you know. Oh, that was the mainly people. Now we had some people coming because we said we were going to be there, but the majority of it, there was a lot of people just coming because they were coming to get stuff that Saturday yeah. and didn't know it was you know things were going on. Yeah. So it and the, and he introduced to me so many of his customers that he actually knew and had you know had a relationship with and they trusted exactly. him on stuff, and that's that was part of it. He runs a good business. There was I don't know how many employees he had, but there's people buzzing around and all of them were knowledgeable. 
about, you know, somebody come in and they said, oh, I want to cook this or what can I do, you know, yeah. to, and they were, and they were helping them, you know, spending time with them. And so I thought that was cool too. Yeah. He runs a really good business, not just a good butcher shop, yeah. but a good yeah. business too. Um, and you know, butcher shops used to be a staple of the community. They were, there was a neighborhood that was, a, it was kind of a neighborhood thing. You went to your butcher to get stuff. There wasn't those supermarkets where you just going in and buying, you know, commodity style meat yeah. that just brought in in trays and there was actually and in some some of our grocery stores you still get that experience but it's rare but like we've got one we've got the butcher's block in in south haven and brad yeah. does a good job there i mean he builds a relationship with his people we've got uh raymond's meat market mm-hmm. and actually uh, mr carrie's son tk is running raymond's now and he's kind of the he's kind of both he's he does they have specialty. They don't really have to do specialty stuff like in their mar, in their markets because of the neighborhood he's in. Yeah, it's their business is kind of selling, you know, to the to the people that live around there. But he does so much comp stuff too because of the Memphis and May network and MMBN. You know, that he's built up this reputation of being the butcher you go to locally here in Memphis to get stuff, and he can order a lot of stuff too. They get some briskets and they get you know a lot of the pork and whole. If you want a whole hog, you go there. Yeah. And so that was there. And, and he'll offer them trimmed, I think. I mean, you yeah, extra, yeah, no, they you will. Can get yeah, a comp you can, trim. man, you can get your comp trim ribs, uh, shoulders, whole hogs. TK, they do it all there. Right? They trim your whole hog. Yeah, they will trim comp it, score it. it. Yep, yep. You can pick it up there, just That's already impressive. done. It is. Yeah. I don't know what he charges for. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope can, he charges but, enough. But it will be enough. ready to go. Where all you have to do is get to a contest and throw it on the grill. You know, it's, I mean, the head's still attached. Everything's legal. That's the torch yeah, contest yeah, parameters, yeah. but you can trim it at home. So yeah. they're just knocking that out for you. Um, I, I've been, and I got to know Mr. Carey back when we first started cooking like comps back in probably 98, 97, 98, something like that. We were, that's where we went to get our meat because he was getting whole shoulders. You didn't find whole shoulders, you know. And they had the best ribs. I mean, there wasn't – I don't even think we had a – I know we didn't have a Sam's Club in South Haven, and that was back when Sam's, I think you still had to be like a A teacher or government (laughs) official or you'd have a small business or something before you could even get in. It was a big deal. So people didn't go there and get comp stuff back then, but then now it's all blowed wide open, and they're out of toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like um, grocery stores came in. And the whole commodity the thing came out. But now I feel like they're they are kind of trying to make a comeback. They are, and you people are wanting better I wish quality. We had, I wish we had one in Hernando. There used to be, and it went out. But I love. I think you get a better better meat or better selection when you get a relationship going to a butcher shop like that. Mm-hmm. Do you pay a little more? Yeah, but you're getting you're paying for the service. You're paying for their knowledge. Yes. And their commitment to selling good product. And it's not just going in and getting something out of a big cooler or whatever. I mean, that's it, it takes away, you know, that communal feel when you just go to your grocery store and you're looking for stuff. I mean, yeah, and you're just looking it's for It's hard for them to cut. compete yeah. with that. That's why they went out of business. You can't compete with it, you know. They're not going to be as cheap as Walmart or yeah. Kroger. They can't be. It doesn't, you know, doesn't, the market doesn't work like that. But, but people are realizing they want better. They want better service. They want better and, service, better meats, yep. better selection. They're turning. They're usually turning their inventory more regularly, and everything's fresher when you go to a butcher shop. Yeah. I, that's the way I feel. I can. See, I get to see the meat when I go there. You they know, know the what's good. Cut, yeah, yeah, I know that. You know, he knows what what's good, and he's not putting out bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, or if you, but see some of them, if they, if you want lesser stuff, if you're looking for a deal, they do deals too. You just gotta, you know, five for five. Yeah. You can let them, <laughs> but you pick five or whatever, yeah, but five. you can, uh, you can talk to them and they'll, you know, they'll, I'm sure butcher shops, they have, they know what, you know, if you want to buy just ground meat, they've got good ground. Yeah. Meat. If you want to buy a, a cheap sirloin steak, they can do that too. But if you want Wagyu beef, they can do that too. That's what I like about it. You know, it's. Um, another really good one is the Cooper's Meat Down Packers in Florence. Florence. Yeah, that's your hometown. Yeah. They do a killer job down there. I mean, I mean they make the sausage and it's distributed all over Mississippi, possibly a lot more of the oh, South Oh, country pleasing? Yeah, oh, country man, pleasing sausage. My man Aaron's running the show down there. Yeah. And he's bad to the bone. Like, but but they don't just do sausage. I mean, it's a full-blown butcher shop. It's a shop. lot like Pensacola. Yeah. In a way got, that you can go in there and you can get a dinner to prepare. Like, they might serve you a lasagna that they've, you know, oh, they they've got, done I mean, back they had, they had They got more stuff than Kevin as far as that stuff. Goes. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they're doing a lot of, like you said, you go down there and get a meatloaf already put together, take yeah. home and make it. They've got pork chops already marinated, you yeah. know, or whatever. You can, they're doing that's pretty cool what he's doing. He's, they're doing a lot of different things. Heck, one day I went in there and I forget. I think we were just passing through, and he's he's already like uh, rendered out some pork skins and he cut off something and dehydrated them. He's back there frying. He's like, Man, I've been working on this pork rind recipe. <laughs> I was like, and he had them sacked up. They're selling them. I was yeah. like, that's awesome. But that's a good you know yeah. upsell. But he sells. They sell a lot more stuff than meat too. They've got the full blown. Uh, Sauces and seasonings yeah. and pickles and that's true. You name it, jerkies and apparel and it's a well, operation the, there. The butcher shop had a pretty good line of their own. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I was I was impressed by and stuff. I was impressed by Kevin's seasonings that he had because he had some rare stuff that I hadn't like. Turkey you know, brine and it was all it was cool stuff. Yeah, and uh, I forget he said he was getting in it bottled out of Pennsylvania and shipped all the way down there to Florida, but he had, and the prices on it were great. I don't think any of them were over seven bucks yeah, or something like that for some, you know, rare Himalayan salts or, you know, special kinds of peppers and things like that. So if you don't have a butcher shop, can you build a relationship with somebody at a Kroger? Kroger? You know, some of the grocery stores, they still have a meat counter. Now, most of them, like Walmart, they're not gonna. You're not yeah, gonna catch them no even cut. Yeah, there's no butcher I really. Think it comes in prepackaged, isn't yeah, it? I would say so. But like they're just stocking. Our Kroger, Chef Steve works there, yeah. and I, you know, I've known <laughs> him over the years, and they actually do cut some stuff back there. Or will cut some stuff. Now they get a majority of their meat probably does just go out from the truck to the to the counter, the refrigerator out yeah. there. But then they also do some of the cutting for the case where they got their specialty stuff, and you can get some prime in there. Um, you can get, you know, some higher choice. You can get to see the steaks. You get to know them. If you tell them you want one cut a specific weight or thickness, they can do that. And so, yeah, it's always a good idea to talk to them. Let them know what you're doing. And, and sometimes uh, you'll have the locally owned grocery stores. And small yeah, towns. that'll have one too. Yep, yeah. Yep. There's, th- those are spread out. I mean, they're, they're getting few and far between. They are. Because it's, I guess it's so easy for somebody to cut the corners and not have that. You know, the meat manager at a grocery store used to be a prestigious job. Those guys, you know, they oh, yeah. they were the ones that were bringing, you know, the money into the store. I mean, the meat's in the back because it brings the money in. It's that's where your that's where your money is. I mean, I remember growing when I was growing up, the guy that ran the meat counter, he was a prominent member of the community. Yeah, you heck know? yeah. Heck yeah. He was up there with the pharmacist and the <laughs> For real. I mean he's the meat he's the meat the man. man. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's what makes it happen. Do you have to go to school to be a butcher? I don't know that. I don't, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you do, you know. 
What kind of, yeah. I bet Mississippi State has a program for butchery. Meat scientists, yeah. yeah. Well, I know the... the I mean, the, most, you know, it's a it's a trade that you don't see practice much anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was handed down. A lot of it was family. Like, you know, the butcher... Yeah, you got it, your training yeah, in-house. In-house yeah. from your dad or granddad. And he, that's who he learned from. It just would pass down. It's not something you just jump into not knowing, you know. I mean, I would I would think. Yeah. I don't know if there's like an official butcher school. <laughs> that's a good question. I need to ask David. That's a good, yeah. Um, well, I know like that. the certifying is beef. They had meat scientists, you know, and they yeah. had definitely gone to school for that mm-hmm. type of. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. There's got to be college curriculum on it or something. Yeah, or tech or something. You know, the Newman's farm. Uh, Chris, he had a brother that I think he was from. They went to school up in Iowa or somewhere way up north, really west. And was working on their programs up there. So that's sure. the guy that I saw break down the hall with yes. a cleaver and a at mallet the, at the Koshan five 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 deal. That was impressive. I wish yeah. I had footage of that. That was good. Yeah, he had took a whole hog and with nothing but a mallet and a big sharp cleaver broke Every a prim- whole do- a whole hog down into primal cuts and incredibly clean. Oh yeah, and fast too. Fast. Yeah. He'd put the mallet or put the cleaver there, knock it with the mallet, and you'd have a shoulder, you know? Yeah. Oh, he wasn't cutting. It was just. Yeah. Just knocking, like you said, hitting it with this. It was impressive. Yep. So last week, we were at Orange Beach. We did. So after we went to the Pensacola, we ended up staying at Orange Beach for spring break Mm -hmm. for several days, quarantining ourselves there. (laughs) Letting the the sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Getting, yeah, letting the sunshine uh, cleanse us. Canceling everything. Um, and I was, didn't want to come back again. Yeah, it was a little cold for a few days, but it was nice. Sun popped out. Yeah, and get to lay out on the beach for a while. Yeah. What was your favorite meal we had in Orange Beach? The steamer. There's this restaurant down there called the Gulf Shore Steamer. I guess there's one in Gulf Shores. I've never been to that branch. <laughs> I go to the Orange Beach branch. <laughs> it's right there, but they have nothing fried. Nothing. No, they don't have a fried on their in menu. The place. There's a big thing that says. No fries. Yeah, they had they had crawfish that were good. They were different because they were steamed. Mm-hmm. I never had steamed crawfish. But they were very flavorful. Yeah. flavorful. Just no juice in the head. Yeah, they, but they were really they were good. almost dry crawfish. And, yeah, <laughs> but the, the tail tasted really good. Yeah. and then they serve everything with these little cups of drawn butter. So I said, I dip this crawfish in this. I'd butter. never dipped crawfish in drawn butter before. Wow, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, the next time I have a crawfish deal, I'm I'm making some dry, clarified butter. It was that good. It's like, holy crap. So you get these big platters. I wish we'd have taken a picture of them. I have taken pictures of them in the past. And you can get like crab legs, snow crab legs, or royal red shrimp. If you've never tried the royal reds, if you can get into like them, the, they're good. It's, it's the, the wagyu of shrimp. It is. It tastes so much better. And they're like these deep water. They catch them down somewhere off the coast of Argentina, usually in deep, deep water. So they're really red and they're really sweet. They're really buttery. It's like it tastes better than lobster to me. I agree because it's not tough like lobster. Yes, lobster can be tough. It's overcooked. These little shrimp. These, I say little shrimp. They're probably if I had to guess, what do you think? They're twelve to twelve to fourteen count, yeah. something like that. They're a large. I yeah, guess, it's yeah. a it's it's a yeah, it's actually large shrimp. I wouldn't say yeah. they were. Yeah, no, they're big, but but so you get this combo platter of like a pound of royal reds, and then two or three clusters of crab legs with the little potatoes and the. Uh, coleslaw they give you and the little bucket troughs of drawn butter and 
big squeezy bottle of cocktail sauce on the table and there's all the beer you could drink just bringing it to you. Why would you leave? Bring me back here. It's good. They you can like tell, you think I like coming. this Do You think I like this Daver? They like Heck to see yeah. us coming. Even Michael. That's the only thing it. better than barbecue is probably this Gulf Shore steamer. It was good. It's got me <laughs> wanting to go up the East Coast and do like lobster fest or go up there and eat some crabs or something like that. So you can. But you know, we don't get to eat can, that stuff all the time. Yeah. Man, it's like a treat when I get to go down there and eat some seafood. And that's usually my goal. When I go, if I go down to we, the beach, we I'm not eating now. anything but seafood. Yeah. Because I mean, I just don't eat a lot of it around here. And it's fresh down there, which I'm guessing they're getting those crab legs trucked in. They're not, <laughs> they're not from the Gulf. Yeah. Bring them in from Alaska. But they have a big platter and it has some with mussels and um, other clams or something. Oysters, oh, mussels, yeah. clams. We That's the feast. Yeah. Or I don't ever get that. I just go crab legs. Shrimp. Shrimp. And then crawfish, if we're, but they didn't. That, that's the first time I ever seen crawfish there. We usually go every time we go down there. Mm-hmm. That was the first year I've ever seen. It was a treat. I Maybe think it's it just because it was spring. Yeah, it was seasonal. Yeah. yeah, but they did a good job with them. Very good. I've learned. Had a good piece of fish. Uh, where was that grouper from? Uh, we got that. Do you remember? That, oh uh, no! It uh, Luna's. Luna's. Yeah. 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 yeah that was good. We shared. They the, did. Oh, man, they did something that I ordered. It was a jambalaya mac and cheese, and it was brand new to their menu. And the guy, I guess it was one of the owners, he'd come out. He's like, y'all tried that? He said, it's brand new. And I said, no, but I'm going to try it. And so he'd come back by, and I was like, man, that's some of the best mac and cheese ever. <laughs> and I can make My wife's probably one of the best I know, and I can make a mean one on the grill. But that jambalaya mac and cheese, I'm going to be duplicating that. It kind of got me thinking about what else we could do for mac and cheese, like how to. Yeah. Well, you know, lobster mac and cheese is good, but yeah. this was different because it had the sausage in it and had the peppers and onions yeah. and it had the, I agree. Know, it had all it the had celery. Cajun yeah, flavor. Yeah, yeah. And it was rich and had, still had shrimp, but you could do it with crawfish. You could do it with whatever. Mm-hmm. It was be like Bayou mac and cheese. There you go, Shell. We went to um, Cobalt and I was disappointed. That's the first time I've ever been disappointed there. Yep. The oysters were really good and fresh. They were very good. We had a dozen raw oysters there, and they were very good. And then the food came out cold and looking like it had been sitting in a window, and all the same. It was not. It was not. It was not up to a yeah, standard. I was. And that's normally cold. my favorite place there. I probably won't go back. I'll go back. I just. I'm not going to be in a hurry to go back. Yeah. I'd rather go to. I don't know. The steamer. The steamer's better. You can go there four nights a week. <laughs> Some butter up to your elbows. <laughs> if you hadn't tried it, go to Orange Beach. Go to Gulf Shores and try that one. Don't go to the Orange Beach one. That's where I go. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be too crowded. You know, that's the bad thing. Now, that part of Alabama is, is wonderful to visit. I've always got had a, a lot good of time, good food, great But you've got to know when to go because it gets so crowded that you, I mean, you might have a two and a half hour wait for dinner at yeah. night. So this this was great for us because we'd never been on spring break, but our spring break was early, and so you know there was no wait. We didn't wait yeah. anywhere. I imagine two weeks in or from you know, right around before Easter, all the way through summer, you can't get in places down there. 
That's the way you got to know how to work it. Like you've got to go at off times. Yeah, either eat an early lunch or a late breakfast. And but you're not eating late and, uh, early yeah. dinner. Or you got to eat an early dinner. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Work it where you're going to dinner at three thirty, four o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> get in before everybody. So we're um, this weekend. We cook crawfish. That's that's coming up. Yeah. Yep. But the next video is going to be how to crawfish right. <laughs> we hope. We hope, I or at least our at, at least videos. our way. Me and Mark, Mark uh, from Swine Life Barbecue, check him out on YouTube too. Came over. I bought a couple of sacks of crawfish, and we put our spin on how we cook them for our friends. They turned out great, and they were dynamite. And we they were spicy, but they weren't like get on your hands and your lips spicy. They were, uh, they were juicy. The were not bushy and overcooked. Every one of them tailed out. There was no, you know, how sometimes crawfish, even the small ones, because you're always going to get some small ones mixed in, they tailed out. All the sides that went with them turned out fantastic. The weather cooperated right up until the end of the video, and it started to pour down. And then we ended up kind of moving things into our garage and kind of ate crawfish the rest yeah, of the Yeah, I feel like the end, my only concern is at the end of the video. It got rushed because It felt like it got rushed. We had people showing up to eat crawfish and the weather was starting to get bad. And, <laughs> yeah. we, and we had our few. stuff sitting out because it had been sunny all day yeah. and we had to move everything. But we worked through it and you hadn't even started editing it. So. No, I'm probably going to do that this afternoon. The bad, good thing about that is if it messes up, I get to do another one. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that again. We can, we can chalk that up for this week too. If everything turns out, I'll see if Mark wants to come on the podcast, talk about crawfish. And I kind of want to ask him, he started his YouTube channel this past year. Yeah. He's done very well with it. It's great. He That's, does great videos. That'll be a good podcast. Talk about how what it's like. Yeah, to start. Firing up a YouTube channel. It, it's been so long since we started. Things have changed or yeah. maybe we don't remember how it was. So we'll share what we know and Mark can share like his experience. That will be year. a great podcast. So you get kind of two, I like where you're going two perspectives. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what else? Well, we got a contest supposed to be coming up in Savannah, Tennessee. I think it's two weekends, not this weekend, but next weekend, but fingers crossed. I mean, you know, they're we'll canceled left and right. The, I didn't want to talk too much about what's going on, but they did. I saw the CDC announce that they they recommend canceling any event larger than fifty people for the next eight weeks. Eight weeks. That puts us in a canceled Memphis in May. Really? I haven't made any announcements, and I'm sure everybody's watching it. And I've got all my toes crossed on that one. I don't want to. We got our Memphis welcome packet in because you have to, you know. Yeah. Sign up for Memphis in May in months in advance. Like we submit our money and Back everything. In November we yeah, paid. Yeah. Before Christmas. Um, so we got our, everybody got their welcome packet. We know where our spot is, and it's time to start ordering your tents and your floors and your. Everybody's gonna be scrambling. I mean, you know, nobody I wants to know. tie up money. They know something's gonna get canceled. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've already we're thousands of dollars in yeah. on the spot. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We're y'all. It's something to think about. Hey, at least we we're at least we're doing all right. In quarantine <laughs> got that going for us, so it could be worse. Uh, so our plan is to clean out the freezer. Yeah, we have I got a plenty freezer of meat. of meat. Might start throwing up some, uh, just some quick YouTube telephone videos. Yeah, of, yeah. Hey, um, cook a flank steak for the quarantine. What do you call it? Quarantine cube. Yeah, quarantine cube. <laughs> 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 uh, and we're pairing this with a box of macaroni and cheese because <laughs> yeah, it's what we got left. <laughs> Wolf brand chili. Yeah. <laughs> We're down to the rough stuff. <laughs> you get down to the chili. <laughs> well, what 
else, Joe? We got anything else today? You want to tell everybody where they can find us? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and Twitter, but I never check. Yeah, well, we appreciate y'all <laughs> hanging out with us today, and we'll see y'all next time.